Right, welcome back, uh, Fuller Talks episode three. Um, we, we we did mention last time we were going to speak about futurism or the future. Uh, we definitely yeah, got sidetracked. Um, we we go. definitely speak more of good and evil though. Okay. Yeah, I think I think we we definitely want to dive into a little little bit of morality. Yeah. Or ethics. Just because um, this is this is this for us is the most fun. Well, not yeah, I, but we I just, think we like chatting about it. It's interesting because I think it's the philosophical topic I've probably talked, consciously talked the least about over the past like few years, and although it always comes up, it's so relevant. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's always like pieces of like ethics that you spew out or like yeah. you have an opinion on in different situations yeah. because I guess that's what ethics is. You're always applying it to something, um, but. Yeah, I don't. I haven't really delved into like ethical theories and what is morality and how Luke likes to say so, what so, is good and evil. Yeah. So, so, um, so my thing is that this is the only bit of philosophy that I ever really worked on extensively. Well, we're a good match then. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, this was this was the first thing I wrote about really for myself. This was the biggest thing that bothered me, and I've just been informed that my take on it is actually just the most universal take on it, <laughs> which is basically, it's the only consistent thing in philosophy that everyone has agreed on, is the one thing that I felt I discovered on my own. So okay. I'm very disappointed, but well, also quite happy that I'm at least on the same page. Well, that's, that's, that's one plus, eh? Yeah. Okay. So, well, on that note then, Let's because of exactly what you wrote a year ago or so, um, I remember reading it and I remember being impressed with it as someone who had no philosophical formal philosophical education um you kind of came up with uh descriptive relativism in a nutshell without ever mentioning that yeah. that term right um basically you in your piece um that we just went through now you kind of describe a history of the world and this from and the history of like the human mind in terms of like um, how we construct ethical ideas and how we all have different conceptions of what's right and wrong, good or evil. Mm. And because our conceptions are all different, you, there, it, it, there's no like universal moral principle. Um, yeah, all I'm our definitely. moralities are relative. relative yeah. And that's just a descriptive claim about the world. Now, I yes. have to do a service to my sister. Yes. And philosophers everywhere Philosophy. to just um, break down some definitions here in terms of rel relativism and the things that go with it. So, okay. So this is, this is where I get educated as well, because obviously, remember, I know nothing about philosophy. This is all just um, part-time hobby stuff. So we're going into right. a little bit more technical now. So just, just a few technicalities and like, we won't dive too deep into it, but just simple definitions that really help when discussing this type of thing and actually just like philosophy in general but start start with the dif difference between descriptive claims and normative claims so like and i think like normatives seen as quite a big word sometimes mm. um and it's just like it's used a lot in like law and also in philosophy so it, mm. it has a bit of a bitter taste in a lot mm. of people's mouths it's kind of like so 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 what does it mean then right so Descriptive claims about the world is when you describe a truth about the world or what you think 
is a truth about the world. So you say, well, in the world, this and this and this is like in this the world, and this and this. Every flower I see is blue. Right. That's a descriptive claim about the world. Now we know that descriptive claim, that particular one is false. Yeah. So descriptive claims can be either true or false. And that's where the philosophizing comes into it. And yeah. you can discuss it and agree or disagree. Right. Yeah. When you, when you make a normative claim about the world, you claim in some universal truth. For instance, gravity is 10 meters per second or the acceleration of gravity is 10 meters right. per second. Yeah. That's another normative claim that's false. False, because it's nine point. Well, no, <laughs> no I'm not going to nitpick that. But okay. the reason why it's not universal is because that's true on, on the surface of Earth. Okay. Right. But so, so a normative claim would be gravity exists. Right. Gravity exists. Wherever mass exists, gravity exists, right? Cool. Or you could even say in the same way, let me just rephrase it, maybe to make it more true, hopefully. I don't know. Tell me <laughs> if this get, is... You're going to get absolutely yeah, tell me taken if this is not true. <laughs> tell me if this is not true. Um, the, the force of gravity on the surface of Earth is roughly 10 meters per second. Yeah. Um, squared. 10 meters per second squared, right? Um, that's a normative claim about the world. Yeah. Now, again, you can philosophize about it, discuss it, argue. So, norm, so, 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 so basically, most things you say are descriptive. Normative claims aren't that common. I think less people tend to not Phrase. want to make normative claims about the world because they're because you can't. really hard to find true ones yeah. or ones that you can know are true. Also, it's really hard a lot of the time to find falsifiable normative claims, right? Yeah. Which means things yeah, you can right. test. Okay. 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 Cool. So, so quickly, so that's just recapping. Descript descriptive is exactly what it says. You describe the world in the way you see it. Normative right. is exists outside of your description. Right. Normative is yeah. It's just, a, it's just it's a universal. It just, is. it just is. Yeah. I think. And then basically, just quickly, like relativism is probably like the first topic you'll tackle as a first year ethics student or whatever, and it comes up like we've found with you naturally like yes, you, it makes sense you can just see it in the world you see yeah. it everywhere you see people disagreeing about what's right and wrong right yeah. so that's descriptive relativism and i think most people and most philosophers in the world and most thinkers or anyone who's thought about it agree that in the world everyone thinks what's the, the things that are right to do and things that are wrong to do those things that they think are different right we 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 disagree on what's right and what's wrong basically yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that's descriptive rel relativism and yes i certainly agree with that i think most people yes, yes yes normative relativism is a whole nother beast but that doesn't exist necessarily well th th you can have a whole discussion about it right yeah but normative relativism makes the claim that there because is a certain us. group of people thinks something an action is right and makes it right for that group of people to do so whoever believes it's right for them to do that thing it's right for them to do that thing normatively it's right it's universally right for them to do it but if someone else thinks it's wrong for them to do that same action then it's normatively wrong for them to do that action just a quick example and to make just to show you how ridiculous this theory yeah, is yeah, yeah. in my opinion if Luke believes, if Luke thinks he likes killing people and it's right for him to do it, then he 
under normative relativism, can go out and kill people. But, but only, only you. Because but, I think so. But you think it's right. Yeah. But I think it's wrong. I'm like, Luke, you shouldn't kill people. Yeah. I don't think it's right. But then it would be wrong for me to go and help Luke kill people. Because I believe it's wrong. So that's just how ridiculous it is. Yeah, it doesn't make and sense. And it extends in it, the reason why it exists is because it extends I to think, a cultural sense. I, th I think it's definitely like, we just need to explain quickly what we mean because we, we we've been discussing this for a while. So I think you guys might not be caught up when we say why good and evil doesn't exist, why or it exists subjectively is because um, just running through what, what what I was talking about before we started discussing this, which you might be missing out on, is that the reason why we both don't believe good and evil exists necessarily is because we can disagree on good and evil. The fact that we can disagree on what is good and evil means it can't exist innately in something. Right. Because we can disagree. It's not like gravity where we know gravity exists. Therefore, because the thing about good and evil is the one thing that we argue when we feel it as a normative claim. Yeah. When I feel something is wrong, I say it's wrong in a normative claim and I don't believe it's, um, what's the other word? Descriptive. Descriptive. Yeah. I don't believe it's descriptive. The problem is, is that the very nature of the way we view things as good and evil is entirely descriptive. I feel that this is good and evil because of the things I was taught growing up. For instance, my argument is, is that everything is good that supports our ability to survive and everything is bad that prevents it. All right, and then that scales to the fact that I want ideal ideas that I believe about the world to survive because we have self-consciousness, therefore we can extend our self-awareness to ideals. And therefore, when our ideals are attacked, we feel our own survivability is attacked. Therefore, that thing attacking us is evil. So if I believe that the color blue is the best color ever, and, it, and because it is, the blue is the best color ever, and you disagree, you are directly attacking the survivability of my idea. Therefore, you must be evil or you're wrong. And this scales to political issues. Right. I'm just using the, the word blue instead of using yeah. the hotbed topic. All right. Yeah, so I, so I, that's, I that's really, why good and evil... That echoes with me. Yeah, I, doesn't I, exist. And I think, I think it, it's important because I think you... At least, I think what's in your head is it's, you really are projecting it to like on a political standpoint where well, it's, we it's disagree entire, about moral, uh, morality all the time, right? 100%. So I really see what you're saying in that, um, and I, yeah, I could, I, I, I just really, don't I want can, to lend. It does echo. Don't want to say anything about it because it can get very, very confusing very quickly. Right. I think let's just dive into like a few forms of ethics. Yeah. So so so, so, so quickly kind of just exist to, just to so good and evil doesn't necessarily exist. Morality and ethics is what basically governs me and Shanti's relationship. Is is that I don't want to kill Shanti right now because I enjoy being with him. And it would be immoral because it prevents what I want in the future to happen. Right, so uh, you mix a few theories in there. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's, to me, definitely what makes up my ethical view of the world at the moment. It's definitely a mixture of a few things. Right? Yeah, yeah. I think partly the first thing you said alludes to like some kind of, kind of social contract where, yes. where it, it, it wouldn't be it would you wouldn't you would endanger the survival of society and community yeah. if you took certain actions and, and by and then society you endanger yourself Therefore, right that's the social contract. so that's a social contract part. i think that's a really interesting way of thinking about ethics um and it's kind of something i've like it's i've like i've 
I find it useful to think about ethics in that way at the moment. That's kind of yeah. where I am. But let's just talk quickly um, about some Eurocentric ideas on ethics and morality. And then I actually did a little bit of research into on on a more African sense okay. of ethics and morality. And they, they differ quite... They differ. Afri African from, you mean Western or Asian or what? When you say African... What do you mean? So you, you research you research more of an African thing. So, so is that just different from the Western or... Yeah, so different African as in like uh, African philosophy of ethics. Um, I've got two different examples. Obviously, there's hundreds, just like there is hundreds of different Eurocentric conceptions of, of Eurocentric ethics. meaning... Euro European, European, right? Like thought of by European philosophers, right? So, like you always learn the European ones yeah. in like formal settings because our education systems are European, at least in this country, at least in colonized countries. Um, so, like for example, we got taught about utilitarianism, egoism, um, and then like a whole lot of different European philosophers. So give us an example of. So utilitarianism, um, I've got to I've just got something written down, so I'm gonna kind of read it out. Basically, it's what's right is maximizing the best, the most positive outcome for yourself, or not necessarily so the for yourself. Of the act. Yeah, so it doesn't matter. It can be for yourself, or you can believe it's for yourself, or you can believe it's for your community. But you govern every moral decision on. What is maximizing the most, the most positive result which is exactly what we argue why good and evil doesn't exist because i will maximize what's best for my group which might infringe right. on another group therefore making it bad so human human nature like you is say uti is uti will, will usually human nature i'm saying that in quotation yeah. marks yeah um will usually Lens. end up leaning towards egoism and that's why egoism exists as a philosophy so is the difference between utilitarianism and egoism so egoism your moral decisions are governed by what's right for you and right? utilitarianism is what's the most useful right so you as a utilitarian don't necessarily need to believe that you have to do the thing that brings the most positive outcome for yourself it okay. just has to be the most positive outcome. It can be completely okay. selfish. Oh, you, may, oh, really? Oh, really? you may think the best thing in this situation is for me to take my own life. Okay, okay, right? cool. That's exactly what I was trying to Right. Okay, cool. Whereas an, an, an egoist, egoist will always be self-centered. Right, so an egoist okay. can be a utilitarian as well and okay. be like, I need the most utility for myself. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Blah, blah, blah. But egoism is central. It's completely self-centered. It's completely self-centered, right? And now... The thing I found super interesting about egoism um, was the use of it in like our modern or the industrialized world where yeah. it's egoism has kind of been described as like this like innate nature of humans, you know, like, mm. like it's kind of what... Like don't we all even, want what's best for ourselves? Yeah, even um, market capitalism is kind of based on it's, egoism. It's like every it's, human's going to do what's best for themselves. Yeah. And you, you will, they will do it, yeah. you know, and... I just don't think that's a universal truth at all. I think we're all different. And I think there are a lot of people like that. And I think that there's a lot of people who have been see taught now, to be like see that. Now, I would, I would say that egoism exists as a universal concept. 
but you can apply your own ego to other things. Right. I, I, so I, I know you where you're going always, You will always do what is best for the thing you value, whether it's yourself, a group of people, or an ideal. Okay. So I think egoism in that... So it's separate from utilitarianism, which measures the outcome. Egoism measures the best for that thing. And that's why egoism probably exists as every single one of us is an egoist in that sense, where you apply what you... For instance, if I feel very strongly about left-handed cricketers, I will do whatever best for that community. Well, you see, that's where, for me separates from egoism because I think egoism is very narrow. You have to make that decision for yourself. Yeah. Um, and if you have some, any sort of empathy or compassion, which I think most people do, you gonna make some moral decisions that aren't egoistic. But what, what's the nature of compassion? Look, that's, that's a whole nother question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even if the compassion you can even if you say the compassion selfish or something yeah. like that it's still it's still outside of yourself so for me egoism okay, is so, there for so me. basically basically we're going to keep egoism in this bubble but the principle of egoism can be applied in other places but but for the sake of this conversation we're going to keep egoism Poss there. possibly i just i think we what we must remember about these things i mentioned here is that they are normative claims about the world right so we're not we're not um we're not discussing are okay, people okay, these? Okay, are people okay, not okay, these? Okay, okay. We're saying these. These this are is a, words to describe these certain. Behaviors. This is a set of rules. Okay, cool. Should we live our lives like this? Yeah. Right? So you basically set yourself into these character ca um, categories, depending on how you live. Yeah. So, well, you, you, you. Should, these are things you should ask yourself. Am I an egoist? Do I think it's right to always do what's right for myself? If your answer is yes in so, every single situation. So, well, what do you call someone who always does what's right for his perceived? No, but that's let's remember, let's not talk descriptively about ethics here because, okay, okay. because I'm simply asking the question of, of like, the question of like, what should we, how should we live our lives? Okay. Right. So that's what these, um, so these are very flawed concepts of reality because it doesn't, people don't exist like that. No, but that, it doesn't matter. We're not talking okay. about the descriptive, okay. right? Okay. So it's in the same way, like, like. For example, let's just go religious here because it's it's a good a good example. So, okay. take your perfect Christian, right? Right. Because you are that is such a serious <laughs> thing to say. So you're as a Christian, <laughs> okay. You're supposed to you're supposed to live your life according to Jesus's teachings as closely as possible. That involves learning okay. everything in the Bible and understanding it to okay. the best of your ability. And doing all the things that yeah. Jesus taught and said you should do. Okay. That's your moral structure. Yes. A lot of Christians will say, if you ask them, what is the right thing to do? And they say, well, the right thing to do is to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Yeah. And follow him. Yeah. And his teachings. To the letter. Regardless. To the letter. To the letter. Cool. That, that is. So when we talk about uh, ethics, that's the type of thing we're talking about. Like. What do you believe is the right thing to do? Not, oh, um, now I'm a Christian and I believe that I should accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior and, and uh, follow his teachings to the letter. But I strayed. I committed adultery. 
Yeah. That doesn't mean I don't believe that Christianity is right. Yeah. I just I just you made just an made, immoral you made, you choice. Made a there was something that was ir- immoral, okay. and I say, and Christianity has an answer for that, like most ethical um, systems do. See now, and how is like, this different from good and evil? Well, it's it's not. Yeah. Right. So again, we can go back and talk about the descriptive. Yeah. Um, ethics in the world and be like, um, we all have these different conceptions, yeah. whatever, whatever. But I just think it's it's interesting to have that conversation from a descriptive perspective and just know that as a truth. It's but so it's so. Nuanced. We also want like, to ask each other, like, 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 what do you think is right? How yeah. how how what decision would you make in this situ- hard situation? Yeah. How do you make this moral choice? Yeah. What is that governed by? Yeah, what 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 right. what makes you for instance, like there's what's that like story like if there's a train track and you kill the older yeah. person or the child. Like yeah, there's a number just, of different there's examples. So many there, thought, yeah. thought examples like that. It's like the reality is is that normative claims don't exist in reality when it comes to ethics or good and evil. Like they break down very quickly because at the end of the day, as soon as you take them on internally, it becomes a it becomes a descriptive. You know, like uh, e- egoism. I think we we mixing th- we mixing things up here. Okay. Um. So, I just I just don't see how it practically. I don't see how ego egoism practically works in reality. Nor do I see how altruism. It's not. It doesn't. Work. It doesn't practically work. Okay. It's a. Cool. It's a doctrine. Okay. You must live your life like this. Therefore, it's not okay. practical. Because life. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but but yeah, I'm, none I'm, of yeah. us, no yeah. single human, will ever live. A perfectly moral life. Yeah. We will all slip up. Mostly yeah. because we don't know what the hell to do. Therefore, like, that's, a, that's the whole point. Is that it's it's not black and white. Like, you can't... No, it isn't. But, other, yeah. but when we talk about normative... We are we trying wanna, to make it... We're we trying to find a doctrine <laughs> to best live the, the most moral life yes, we can, exactly. right? So that's kind of and the, the discussion and we want to And deciding what, what the mor- most moral life looks like. That's right. a whole different thing. So right now we're trying to discuss, just we're trying to get to a fact that how do we live a life that is most moral? Yeah. But what does most moral mean? Right. Exactly. So that is the big question of the day, isn't it? That's going to be a quote that goes on Instagram. (laughs) So just, just to quickly like go through a couple people's doctrines let's call okay, them because i okay. think it's a really good word to describe like ethical doctrine mm. just describes exactly what it is it's like mm. a set of mm. rules that you can use to try to live a moral life yeah, in no. this person's conception in this, right? person. in this person's okay. relative just descriptive conception conception right? okay, okay. Cool, cool, cool. so you have emmanuel kant yeah i was obsessed with him at, he was. He at university um he's super mathematical super um Practical. Just like practical and rational. And, um, but the thing that you find about his ethics is that it doesn't have any, it doesn't relate at all to like social structures. It's treated as like a mathematical formula. Mm. And you realize that we're not that mathematical that, formulas. That's my exact point I was trying to make earlier right. is that you can have all these things, but when it doesn't right. hit work in reality. So, can it still sounds cool? Can't, um, like he has these one of the, his things is the um, categorical imperative 
And basically what ends up coming out of that piece of writing is he has this, um, he has this, he has a couple rules and he's like, you should act only according to a maxim or a rule whereby you can at the same time, um, use that maxim as a universal law. So if you, if you think it's wrong to lie, it doesn't work. that doesn't, okay. Anyway. Right. No, oh, of course, it, of course it doesn't work. Yeah, okay. Okay. It's, it, this is a mathematical approach yeah, to yeah. ethics, right? But he says, if lying is wrong, then lying is wrong forever. You can never lie. Right. If, if you say lying is wrong you, and you believe it's immoral to lie, then it must, if it's a, it must always be wrong, if it's, if it is immoral to lie, then it has to be universally immoral to lie. Otherwise it's not part of your doctrine, right? Mm. Ironically or not ironically, I chose that example because that's one of his moral rules is a human should never lie. Right. Bizarre. Okay. <laughs> Which, when which, you think which, about which, 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 okay. So now the thing is, it sounds right. It sounds, I mean, you're taught you should never lie. The yeah. reality is all of us who is over the age of, what about like 15, realize that sometimes you lie. Older than the age of four, probably. Four. I mean, yeah, yeah. Kids but, football all the time, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even yeah. if they're told not to. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a part, it's a part of our reality. That doesn't mean it should be necessarily. Yeah. But we can have a whole discussion about that. Yeah. Luke, what do you think about lying? Oh, well, you know, like sometimes I believe white lies and then, are and then, good and then the reality is, is, is a lie something that you don't mention? That you know that person would value, but you don't say it? But, right. but you're not lying because you're not saying anything that's wrong about exactly. it. But you're just not saying it. Is that a lie? Right. So then, yeah, anyway. So we, all, we, we both would have a much more liberal, looser view on morality. We know that now. Yeah. But Immanuel Kant was a... Hell of an uptight guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he didn't so, have a lot of fun. Another, another thing he put down, which is funny enough, very similar to something you see in the Bible, right? Which is um, directly quoted, act in such a way that you treat humanity, whether in your own person, so yourself, or in the person of any other, never mere, merely as a means to an end, but always um, at the same time, as an end in itself. Okay. So to real people words, don't, don't just use people to get something out of them. If you're going to get something out of someone, treat them as a human being as well. So don't, don't treat, treat others as you would treat yourself. Well, it, it, that, 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 that's, the that's the most, that, that's the, that's a the biblical, biblical exactly. Like just, just if you're trying to get something out of someone, don't see them as a product or don't see them as an inhuman product. Yeah. Use them as, as, a, as you would use yourself as a human, like, right. Yeah. Like give them human respect and, um, and that type of thing. So that's one that's less controversial. I think that's something we probably, that's probably one most of the of us most try to do. read on points ever right. i think like, I, I would probably say that's the probably most agreed on more universal morality thing ever. right that's like I, I think most people would agree with that type of thing um so yeah those, that's mean, if you disagree comment down below please do um <laughs> then you got to like your plato yeah or aristotle aristotle um stotlian 
Yeah, what a mouthful. Virtuous life. Yeah, like that was. I read. I read that. It was. It was very dense and. Yeah, look, um, Plato's writing is dense, and also just. Um, ancient Greek ethics is not that well formed. No. In my opinion, I think it's. Well, they they didn't they didn't understand the base of what what ethics would become. They were playing with really the beginnings of ethics. Yeah, with like maybe, maybe like that was very it. very broad strokes that yeah. they tried to make very, very like tight. Look, if I, I think, can describe it that I way. Think all those the ancient Greek philosophers painted with very broad brushes yeah, yeah, in yeah. all spheres of thinking. So maybe it was that, and I think mm. with ethics, it wasn't it valued at the time. At the time, ethics wasn't necessarily valued. It didn't necessarily matter. What more mattered was structure and what works. Yeah. The nuances of that wasn't really the thing. That's true. We have, we have, um, I guess. We have the freedom earlier, to think about ethics now. Right. Because earlier we, civilizations were much more practically practical, consumed yeah, yeah, yeah. than ethically consumed. Yeah, yeah. That, that is true. Right. Um, interesting thing I'd like to just say about all these Eurocentric ideas okay. is that a lot of them are born out of this idea of rational morality. So Kant is governed by it, but basically it's like a lot of European philosophers are stuck in this conception that um, if you're a rational human being, you should always make, you will always make um, rational decisions to be moral because you don't want to be a bad person. Therefore, the decisions you make are generally um, kind of moral, but the big claim they make is if you are live an immoral life or you make like do immoral things then you're naturally irrational now that's just it just ties everything up and doesn't allow for any space right and i think that's the because i just find problems with all these like yeah, like yeah. you can look at kant's yeah. work and be like oh well treat humanity the, the problem not is, as a the means problem, the problem is you read kant's work and you pick up the things that work which goes against the very problem of Kant's work is that you can't do that. Right. You don't exactly. get. You don't get to. You don't have this universal it's, doctrine. It's right? That and this. Okay. And so that's the. It's so tied up, and, and uh, I think. Um, yeah, it's just it doesn't account for like society and social structures and stuff. Yeah. Um, nuances of life. Quickly, because I think we're getting a bit um, academic here. Yes, yes. Is I want to just quickly go through some stuff I read today, in terms of African. Okay. Philosophies on ethics. Um, there's two big schools of thought in African philosophy. Okay. Um, and I'm really still educating myself on this. So please excuse anything I say that's not 100% accurate. I'm, I'm really still learning about this stuff. Um, the Akani school of thought, which was a civilization in what is now Ghana, um, has strong ethical teachings as well as philosophical teachings. Mm. And basically, it was a theological, so it was based with um, God as a governing moral power. But basically, if you strip God out of it because it's kind of irrelevant if you're not into that type of thing, you can, you can see that what they're trying to say is basically, if you're human, because you're human, you have the set of fundamental human rights right um you know it's like the right to express your opinion the right to 
life, the right to so not be harmed value, by anyone else. Value. You have this intrinsic value intrinsic. just because you're human. Okay? Sure. And the reason they say, let me just connect it back to God, do not misquote the Akani philosophy, is basically because you created in some sort of image of God and God is like named you as a self-conscious yeah. being, you, because of that, you have this intrinsic human right and all the humans have this equal intrinsic human rights access to all these things that most of us agree we should have, right? Sure. Okay. So that's interesting. I didn't know that. Okay. I just, and then just something I wrote down there also is there's like, they, there's a belief that like, there's no right to private property. So like, cause everyone's everything. Right. So everyone, everyone has the right to like live their best life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in terms of like farm fields produce food them for themselves that type of thing but yeah. they never own land specifically and can't buy and sell land right oh, okay. which is quite interesting because is, i, yeah, I always connected that to something much more like marxist yeah okay anyway i, I just found that Fun interesting levels. not that important um and then quickly moving to um ubuntu mm. philosophy the idea idea of ubuntu ethics and that's more like um, stem from like the Bantu speaking people. So, um, more Southern African, um, philosophy and to sum it up in a nutshell, which it doesn't do justice. It's very community responsible. So coexistence dependent, right? It's like, it's like community responsibility. Um, like I have responsibility have to carry my own weight because the community, otherwise the community would carry me. Right, you have to, you have the responsibility to always do what's best for the community, mm. no matter what that is. So altruism. Right, it's, it's altruistic in a certain way, mm. but you have to, in the way that, the way it's not altruistic is that it, you are a part of that community, you're one. Okay. So the community and you are one in the same thing. Social identity. And without, basically, there's a great Kosa saying that's, um, umtu, ngumtu. Ubuntu, I think. It's a, I, I could be I, wrong. I, I know what you're saying. I think I've got it wrong. But it's basically a person is a person because of other people. And that really does, that English sentence does no justice. But what it's saying is you are not human without the other humans around you. Right? You, you don't have any ethical framework without the people around you. And I think that's kind of going to bring us to where we have our own personal discussion on this. Mm. and say like what's morally important to us mm. so i'd like to bring you back to like talking about um what's the rest you have here is that, is that that's it, it. Yeah. okay 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 I'd, I'd like to bring you back to talking about what you were saying about like I probably, society. I, I probably lean way more the Akani kind of the fact that you have that intrinsic value no rights versus I exist because I'm part of a community because that's kind right. of social identity and right. I feel like that breaks down at scale okay because there's so many separate within a separate right so for instance I can be I can be a I mean we see this like in the far in the, in the left all the time yeah like where I you know 
where there's so many different sexual orientations within this kind of universal thing and the LGBT and there's different sects within it and therefore da 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 da. So to say I am a part of this because I'm a part of this, it's, it's for me it's very, it doesn't make sense at scale. Okay. Because, because you can't pick a thing to give you identity and say that gives you identity. You have to understand that it's much more universal than that and it's much, it's, you can't go into a community for it. It has to be inside yourself. Right. So I am, I am me. And because I'm me, I'm self-conscious. And we can all understand that. Yeah. And so that's kind of where I feel like intrinsic value comes from is the fact of self-consciousness. The fact that my self-consciousness leans toward a more, it leans towards a certain community is separate from the fact that I'm self-conscious. Right. All right. And my point yeah. is, is that, if we if we build our sense of morality or sense of thing on the second or third dimension of this self-consciousness yeah then it doesn't scale because you can choose many different iterations of the same thing okay so i can i can choose 20 percent of this 30 percent of that 40 percent of this and kind of had my own amalgamation and therefore it doesn't really work because you can't yeah because each group needs to be its own group and that's why that's okay. why the groups have group identity I hear what you're saying. And you can't have a little bit of this and a little bit of that. But if you understand that you're self-conscious and because you're self-conscious, you have the choice to have a little bit of everything. It makes so much more sense. Yeah. At scale. Okay. Um, I, I hear what you're saying on that. And I think, I think um, just to probably speak out of turn and sound a bit like a white hippie, um, and you'll find them in the south of Cape Town, far south um, talking about you'll find white people with dreadlocks talking about Ubuntu um, <laughs> so I don't want to sound like that at all okay because famous last words yeah right um, no disrespect meant <laughs> um, but I think the idea of Ubuntu is more like is more universal than like localized community right okay so i think the conception if i'm getting it right in my head is like that we like we're a part of the community that is self-conscious no the thing we all share is that we're human right okay and that's that's probably much more closer to the morality argument than kant ever came to right <laughs> i also that, think so is that the fact is is that you don't you can't get a rational argument here yeah so anyway i i mean i'm not going to attach myself to any labeled ethical doctrine at this point um i think i'm still waiting through it and like i said i hadn't i think really thought about it too much necessarily. right right but you can kind of start setting out just because you can't attach yourself to a certain doctrine doesn't mean you can't think about a way that you believe is a moral way to live your life right? yeah so for me, just some, some basics for me is, yeah, I agree with you on that. I'm a, I'm a human being, therefore I have certain fundamental rights, right? Those rights, I believe, should be respected by everyone else. And I believe everyone else has the same rights as me. No one has more, no one has less. Do you think, do you think the fact that you're a human being that have, have rights um, makes... The fact that other people have rights. So, for instance, I believe I have rights. Therefore, other people have rights. 
So, so I, so I treat others how you would treat yourself. For instance, I want to know that I'm, I'm safe. Therefore, I'm not going to do actions that make other people feel unsafe. Kind of thing. Does that make sense? Yes, to a certain extent. To a certain, okay, to a certain extent. extent. I, 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 honestly, you asked that question, I didn't have an answer for it. But I think, yes, because I know, I believe I have these rights and I'm a human being and I know there's these other humans around me in my society. Thing. Hold on. Yeah. Okay. Is I believe those humans are just as good as me. There's nothing particular that separates them on a fundamental level obviously when we start having actions in the world and stuff we can get to that and how you're punished for certain things or whatever but on a on on a fundamental level yeah i think it does stem from myself like because i can't because i don't really know anyone else exists before i know i exist. exactly so this is my point this is my point because the fact that we know we exist which is our self-consciousness. Yeah. Means the fact, okay, so the fact that you can imagine that other things exist outside of yourself is your self-consciousness. And because we know we exist, therefore we immediately place value on other things we know exist. So I place value yeah. on Shanti's existence because I know I exist and therefore the things I feel, he must feel to a certain extent and therefore I should afford him the same rights I afford myself. Right. Because in that I protect my own rights in a way, and it slightly moves towards a social contract, but I'm trying to explain it on a much more fundamental level than that. Right, right. I'm trying to explain to it as a very much a kind of, I'm the being I am and the sense I get for the world, I appreciate. And therefore I can appreciate that other people appreciate that. And in that, I breed compassion and understanding and therefore a freeing kind of sense. I'm just trying to find the words to describe it. It's um, I'm trying to relate it to something we can all think about. For instance, um, beauty. Beauty is a fantastic way to do it because beauty is completely subjective, but we all understand what it's like to appreciate beauty. So this is a perfect example. For instance, I see a sunset and it's the most beautiful sunset I've ever seen. All right. And I appreciate the act of appreciating the beauty. All right, and I know I get to do it because I'm self-conscious. Someone might see a bee buzzing around and be like, that is beautiful, that yeah. is. And we can both appreciate the fact of the feeling of beauty we felt while the objective of our beauty was different. That's how I feel about self-consciousness and life, is that we can both appreciate the act of living while living in separate things. Okay, so let's get specific about ethics then. Yes. Right, so... You believe you have these certain fundamental rights because you're a human or because you're living or because you're self-conscious. It doesn't matter. Hmm. We can describe it in whatever way, right? You believe you have these things. Um, you believe other people, other beings have these things as well because of that. Yes. Right. Okay. So when it comes down to it, now we're living in this world together, right? Yeah. It's my belief that when you take action to take away someone else's fundamental rights, you perform an immoral action. Yes. Right. The trickiness comes in when why, you're trying to defend your own 
Your own motive behind it. No, when you're trying to defend your own fundamental rights. So when okay. you do that action in order to defend your own. So let's, it's a classic example of like self-defense is a, is a good basic example because I think your right to life is a very simple one, right? So we all have the right to life because we're alive and for no other reason. Yeah. In the way we're talking about it now, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm willing and open to discuss out of, outside of this, but in this doctrine we're sitting in now, right? We have to ask the question, when is it moral to take away someone else's right to life? Is it ever moral? If so, when is it moral? So now my thing would be, who was immoral first? Because whenever you break a chain of morality, okay. something broke first. Okay. So yeah. by which action, if there's, if there's 15 people involved, who was the first immoral one? Okay, but let's not complicate it that far, right? I, th I think you, I like the idea of a chain of morality. But just answer this question without saying that. When is it right? If, if it is, when is it right to take someone's life? That, that's ex I'll come back to that thing. In what... When was it first done? In, in what am I, for instance, am I taking someone's life so I can get something for myself? No, no, I'm not. I'm not asking that. I'm, yeah. a, I'm asking you when, to when, tell me when, if, is there ever a time? And if there is, when would it be? But, but that's my point. Is that, is that not, not an actual practical situation. I'm asking about fundamental human rights. So fundamental do rights. I believe it's moral to take someone's life? In a certain situation, in in a in an ethical situation, do I believe that there's okay. an ethical way to take some? Let me rephrase the okay. question. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let me. Let me. Yeah. See now, but now this is funny. This is funny how innately. This is funny innately. I think there are moral positions to take someone's life, but I don't support. That's the death what I'm penalty. asking. I don't. I don't support the, the, the death penalty. That's what I'm asking. This is, this, this, you answered my question. Then. Yeah. Hold on. You answered my question okay. there. Okay. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. You said there are situations where it's moral to take someone's life. Yes. Right. Yeah. Okay. So that's what I'm getting to. So now when we constructing this doctrine, but now, hold on, I, I, hold on, I'm hold also, on. Okay, 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 okay. Don't stress because <laughs> you think, you thinking I'm going to okay, like okay. turn this around on you. I'm not, I'm just building this doctrine. Right. Okay. And I agree with everything you said so far. Okay. So don't stress yeah. about this. Right. The, so when, because remember the thing I said before, I believe that when you threaten someone else's fundamental human rights, you are acting in an immoral way. Therefore, okay. Therefore, there will be consequences to your immoral actions. Yes. Okay. So we have legal systems which roughly try yeah. to like kind of kind just of grasp, grasp in the dark to like hold on to our and yeah. sometimes they do a good job. A lot of the time they don't do such a good job, right? So for example, like in a situation of self-defense, you like you're in a situation where someone is thre threatening your fundamental right to life. There's, it gets to a point where you have. See now. Okay, cool. Now I, I, I think I get what you're okay. saying. I just want to explain it in a way. 
I'm so I believe I would probably lean towards the point where I believe there's certain instances where um, it's moral to take someone's life. Right. Right. I am also deeply uncomfortable with the idea of the death penalty. Well, but we're not talking about that. No, That's no, a no, legal no, question. No, 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 okay, no, separate from that is, is that I am comfortable with living in a moral world yeah. where it's okay to take someone's morality in certain situations. That's the way I decided to where, make that exception. take what? So I'm comfortable yeah. with saying that there's certain instances to take someone's life purely because I apply the same metric to myself. Is that would I be comfortable with being killed if I was trying to kill someone else? Right. I feel like that's totally okay. Right. I feel like in that okay. moment, okay. that way of so trying to so it. we agree on it, right? Okay. Let's not have a legal discussion here. Okay. Cool. That, cool, cool, cool. that is legality and laws are yeah. separate to morality. Yes, yes. And yes. That, that is a very important point for me. Yeah. To anyone listening, legality does not beget morality. Yeah. That. That is super important. Okay. So, um, that's an important thing. I think we've just discovered about each other here is that we both believe that. Right. And I think that comes down to basically like you're right not to be physically harmed. You're right not to be emotionally harmed. Yeah. All these things. And I think, I think I believe, and I say, I think, because I'm not sure much, but that that is the case when someone is threatening someone else's fundamental human rights, they are acting in, in an immoral, immoral way and may the consequence, they may suffer a consequence of their fundamental human rights being taken away from them in that situation. Okay. And that might be the moral thing to do. Okay. See now, now, now this is the thing. Would we all be comfortable? Now this is a fun thought experiment. Yeah. Would we all be comfortable with getting a, chip implanted in our brains yeah. that instantaneously killed you should you do something immoral no but why 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 is the why is the consequence for doing something immoral immediately death well for instance if it's in a death life or death situation in in the example where do we feel comfortable that death should happen or should someone cause death i am uncomfortable with the idea of anyone dying instantaneously the idea of a chip in someone's brain that as soon as they pull a gun on someone they die Makes me very uncomfortable. Yeah, but that, uh, I, I don't understand what that's... Because it, well, how is that different from someone shooting a guy with a gun? It, it's different because that... I am more comfortable with someone making the decision than I am with an innate set of rules. And no, I think, I, that, I think I that's agree, a very I interesting... I think that's a very no, interesting I, circumstance I that, that I feel it's... For instance, a, a thought experiment. There's an AI. The AI chooses implants us with all of these things right if i'm in a, if in a situation where i pull a gun on someone i die instantaneously because the ai saw me as a threat i am extremely uncomfortable with that situation yeah, but what but, but, but wait we need you need to make it more complex because okay because you there's so many different situations you yeah. would in inverted commas again that's my pull point. a gun that's my point my yeah, point is, is that there's no cut to... and dry there's no cut and dry there is is. It's always of course there is no because it's in so nuanced uh, it is nuanced but we're capable intellectual beings who can separate these nuances right so if i pull a gun on someone with the intention to kill them when they haven't threatened my life then i'm making i'm i'm doing that in an that is an immoral choice to make my life is not threatened mm. okay it's different to when i pull a gun on someone to use your example yeah. when they pull a gun on me 
or threatening my life in some way. Yeah. Okay. So also, I think we, what, because we're using this example, we, we we've also been, we've yeah. been able to get um, a little bit bogged down in like yes, an yes, idea yes, that yes, a yes. tit for tat is right. Yes, yes, yes. Tit for tat is not necessarily yes, what I'm talking right. about yeah, here. Yeah. Okay. I'm just talking about the fact that if you are going to challenge other human beings' fundamental rights, then the consequence to those immoral actions, in my opinion, may be that your fundamental human rights are taken away in some way. I think what I was trying to explain is that I'm uncomfortable with there ever being a, a cut and dry set of rules instead of a human people, human deciding that. Morality. I agree. I don't think there should be. I, I, I'm, I'm starting to realize more and more right now, everything we've gone through is the fact that you don't get to quantify morality. We don't get a cut and dry, like can't, can't try to do it. My point is, is that I'm extremely uncomfortable with a set of 15, 20, 100, 120 rules that everything will be decided off. And I am, I would much prefer a human and a group of people to discuss it than right. I am for someone to just make the stand. And right. I think that's a very interesting insight into morality. Yeah, I th that I, it's important. That but, that's the case. But now let's, let's move away from this doctrine that we started, right? Which okay. was quite, like you said, it was quite... Um, Cut and dry. Yeah, it was to a certain extent. I, I still think I'd like to say things about humans in the world when we talk about morality. Remem remembering that my opinion is that it, ethics and morality is a human construct, right? Mm. Nature, it doesn't exist in nature outside of humans because if you look at actions of nature, they always like in a human context would be immoral. Yeah. They, that can't be the situation, right? Yeah. We so get to make those choices because of the way for, our brains yeah, work. For coexistence. That's why we right. have morality. Okay, so let's move into that and yes. talk about like social cohesiveness and doing things not because we think they're fundamentally right, but because we must do them to maintain a social contract. A social contract where we all can survive. See, now I think this exists. I think almost everything we do is to keep intact a social contract and our self-awareness makes us feel it. Right. So there's percentages of things. For instance, um, something that always fascinates me is the greeting hug, right? Yeah. Don't always want to hug everyone. Don't feel like I need to. Yeah. Um, why do we hug in certain situations? Why are we expected to hug? Yeah. I think a social hug is weird. But there's a kind of trust and social contract that when you, if, if someone gives you a hug and you refuse that hug, yeah. Boom, that's a big thing. Yeah. But you can just not initiate a hug, then it's fine. Yeah. So that nuance of it, I find is interesting. My point, the point I'm trying to make is that yeah. there's a certain kind of level of social contract that we feel on an individual level, or like the hugging thing, we feel obliged to do. So for instance, the level of wrongness I feel when I don't do something not awkwardness, but actual feeling guilt or bad. Yeah. How much of that is a social contract? Um, yeah. Instead of the awkwardness, you know, you know what I'm trying instead to Instead of it being wrong. Instead of it being wrong, is that I'm socially contracted to feel right. um, awkward in the situation. Yeah. Because, because it's, it, it's an electrical impulse in my head. You know? It's hard to separate. Or, or, no, my point is it's all the same. Well, is it, it's all the same. I, I, would, I would be... I'd struggle not to agree with you. Yeah. I think, and I think that's kind of the point. I'm glad we come 
to this point because yeah. I think that's this is where probably the most we really productive um, philosophy we've ever had. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's super important, and I think I've always wanted to have these things where I'm like, this is right. It this is, is wrong. wrong to do this. Yeah, right. And I think to a certain extent you can do that, but you've got to think about it mm. in a social contract kind of way. Yeah, right. You, I think you've got to think about it like that for it to be sustainable and yeah. for it to be that, that's the biggest universal. Thing. That's the biggest thing. The biggest thing is sustainability and scalability because you don't get to have this small little enclave of right and wrong because we know whenever people do that, it's called a cult. <laughs> right? You don't get to have this little kind yeah. of section of the world that's right or wrong. And that's my point is that morality is universal, but it's not accepted universally. Yeah. You know, so... That's, that's our biggest thing is we're trying to create or we're not trying to create a doctrine or anything like that, but we, we're basically stating that it's like that. It's that it's a kind of broad stroke yeah. that you think about very in-depthly that scales. Yeah. Because you can't, you don't get to be like, um, you don't get to say if this, if something is a moral law, it's universal. It's not really. Yeah. It's, 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 I think it becomes the place where it starts to become difficult is when you start applying it to practical situations. So exactly. applied ethics so becomes like this really big, difficult topic because now you want to be like, you know, there's people actually have different rights in the world, you know, and that doesn't seem right to me. Like I'm not happy with that. And so maybe now I, would, I would argue that it would be harder to, it would be harder to define every right in the world someone should have than to define the fact that they all get the right to have a right. Of course, of course it's hard. I think, that, I think that's the better argument. The better argument is that everyone is afforded the argument for their right. Yes, yeah, absolutely. That's my point. Is that it's harder to, it's harder to quantify rights. In from, like, from a practical from perspective, perspective yeah. it's like, it's like um, you know, when we actually start talking about rights, like actual practical rights like intrinsic value do, no do you have the right to free education right that type of thing yeah now now it is important to fundamentally take it back to a social contract level yeah but those are the type of conversations you have to start having because yeah. that's the stuff that's practically important right yes. so like do you have the right to a fair trial yeah do you have the right, have the to, right to be transport? assumed yeah. innocent before proving guilty? Yeah, yeah. Do you have the right to all these different things, right? There's a lot of stuff we, a lot of us agree on, right? Yeah. And that's why we have legal systems yes, yes. and that type of thing, which try to mimic on. it to the best of their abilities. Or, you know, we try to create these systems that best enforce this stuff. Do you think there's an argument to be made for morality council? Will we have a group of people entirely devoted to morality arguments in society today that then are the lawmakers on that no no i don't i don't think i think society has that responsibility as a society because it a society has a responsibility because of because of the fact that does, it's a society does everyone get a vote in it well or do we do, do not certain a vote. elected people like like for instance like a judge in a series but from a morality standpoint not from a legal standpoint 
where yeah, this it. judge could choose things that are illegal, but on a moral thing because he's a more he's a like a chief morality. No, no, I don't think. I don't. I think we have to use legal systems to enforce things to enforce rights and morality and those legal systems are going to be fundamentally flawed and it's the job of society and when i say society that includes government and all the systems and structures included within that society to reform as quickly as possible for our legal system to properly represent our best morality yeah and that's that's what so, so you don't think we should have a group that is entirely stated as morality because the way i envision it is that you have you have the government so the government's the structure right boom all right or the legal system's the structure now the legal system fail, fails us every single day it's not necessarily moral for someone to continue getting rich off the off the back of people that are working much harder than him yeah right that's not necessarily moral but we have a legal system that rewards that Right, he's he's protected by law. So yeah. now my morality is, is that when I say a morality system that that quickly builds on the legal system, trying to remove that takes the nuances into account. Because that's my the biggest failing is that the legal. But system... But it's just going to be another bureaucracy. Yeah, yeah that true. that that's moves true. slowly, right? We have to, as a society, and this is a plea to people. Take life seriously enough. Take ethics and what's right and think about it and take it seriously enough to take issue with what's wrong in the world and mm. for example that's why students protested yeah two years ago and every year um because there was a belief that there's a fundamental right to something and therefore as a society you have to take action to change those things and have them put in place right because they didn't exist before it, it, it comes down, it, it goes with everything. If someone is getting rich off the back of people that, if someone's exploiting people and we think that's immoral, then we need to gather as much of our society as we can together that we all believe this thing is immoral and change the key, it. The key word is we all. Do we all? Are there nuances where, for instance, if I do quite well, I gain a lot of capital, I'm in a position to utilize my capital to make more capital for myself. Yeah. I don't necessarily pay, pay everyone equally because I don't feel that they are as valuable to me and I dictate the value. Am I immoral in that circumstance because of the capital I've made for myself? I'm in a position to make that decision. But then at the end of the day, for whatever reason, I become a billionaire. Am I then the very thing that right now I look at and I say is, Im is, is immoral because... So, so yes. this, but the point for me is I would have done it myself. Therefore, I don't think it's immoral. Yeah, but you should. So think about it. Is exploiting other people to gain personal wealth moral or immoral? See, now, what does exploitation mean? I would argue that they could choose not to take the paycheck I give them. And then it's, you know, and then isn't it the government's responsibility to then um, ask them to value themselves more or to create a system where they are valued more, where I cannot pay them as, so for instance, um, I hire someone for one hour a day and I pay them 15 Rand because that's all I feel that they're worth. All right. I would just say, just don't take it. 
you know? And it's, is it the government's yeah, responsibility? Yeah, but that's immoral. It is immoral. It right. is immoral. I agree. But my point is, is that my argument would be, well, that's all I value then. And I'm in a yeah, system but, but, where capital... That's not, the, that's, not the, that's not the argument we have in here. I agree. The system will take no action against you. Yeah. But you are still performing immoral actions. Now, you can choose... People can choose to do that. And yeah. a lot of people do yeah. choose to, to live their lives in a way, even they fundamentally probably believe, even if they convince themselves it's not true, they believe fundamentally what they're doing is immoral. They have some kind of justification, something like some weak argument like, like well, the person doesn't have to take the paycheck. Yeah. That's weak. It's still immoral. You, you have the means to... To provide someone with the human value they deserve, but you choosing but not I, to do that. Who, who dictates that human value? That's my point. Is that the I'm, needs of that person? But anyone can need anything. No, but it's not need. Suit. Need in a in a in a um, normative way. Not what okay. they ask for. But, but, but the, the the normative way is dictated by a separate body. You can't, I can't, I'm saying in a social contract between two people, there needs to be the third party that protects the right of the smallest, which would be the government and the regulation. Right. That's so my, why we have a government and that's why we want minimum wages and stuff like that. Yeah. Right? That's my point is, is that the, the reality in that, the, that situation needs to be decided by the third party. Of course it does. But the, the, um, but you aren't immoral for not or not so because there's a third party that needs to protect the, the the lower party does that mean the guy with the capital is immoral yes let me make an analogy if, so, the, so the fact that there's a you third party kill, that exists if you have to if you have to kill someone to get a million dollars it's the government's responsibility to make sure the police service is good enough to stop you killing that person to get a million dollars the police service isn't able to do their job properly. We just talked about how because you're a human and you have these fundamental human rights, the next human also has them. Because without that respect for each other's rights, how can we live in a society that functions properly? Now we live in a highly dysfunctional society if we talk practically and descriptively about the world. I would claim that's because we we stray away from remembering that we're human and we expect these, our fundamental human rights to be respected, but we can't remember to do that for other human beings. Okay, accept, that is the moral I accept, I accept downfall that. of the I accept, world. I accept that. And that is the fallacy that you've fallen into here is immediately you forget in that you have a human responsibility because that other person is also a human to provide them with, because one of the fundamental human rights should be, just like you would believe that when you work for something, you should be reimbursed with that thing. If it's working in a field, if you, if you work in a field. So basically, basically the argument is, is that I should be reimbursed with enough for me to be a human. That, that's the thing. Is it, It's in the sense is that in, in, a, in a social contract, I... I am socially obligated and morally obligated to, to give you the same as I would expect for myself exactly. in, in that, in that kind of sense. Exactly. And if, if you, that is why people 
do get paid different amounts and always will be. Doesn't mean the disparity needs to be so massive, but for example, you putting in an hour labor may produce um, goods of higher value than me putting in an hour labor because you work harder, you're better at what you do, whatever. Mm. The fact is, there's a value there. There's a human value to the goods you produce. But it's, it's so hard to quantify. But yeah, we're, we're back. <laughs> back to social, the social contract and just those fundamental human rights, right? So we're agreeing so on. So there's definitely intrinsic human value. So there's intrinsic human value because that, without it, we can't have a society that functions. And right? that comes from the awareness of your own intrinsic human value. Right. Because you value yourself. Right. Because you value. So you just, I'm, I'm okay with that definition. Cool. Um, I think that's, that's the thing. And I think the, the tough thing here we haven't even got into is talking about what those intrinsic human rights are. And I think the, those are the conversations to have. Have those what, conversations what intrinsic with human rights are. Yeah, what are they? The specific things like, and that you, it's a list that will never end properly. Right. So it's, it's a never ending list. I'm not saying there is a specific list, but it is something to think about. I would. Okay. So now I would say like this, because what is the fun? I would say an intrinsic human right above all else is the ability to be creative. Yeah. Expression of creativity. No, no, everything creative full stop is that your intrinsic human right is to be an environment where you can create whether it be business whether it be art whether it be social is that that action of creating is the most intrinsic human right is that because what that means is you have to be able to eat you have to be able to sleep and that, i feel like that's just you need to be able to live after that you should be given the ability to create and an opportunity to create. And that's where I think every other human right comes from. Okay. Is, is that, so, so, that, so, so whether, whether that means education, whether that means opportunity, <clears throat> I think your ability to create is the most fundamental human right. Okay, that's interesting that you've been able to put that into an umbrella. I, I see what you're saying there. I think, yeah, I, I guess I hadn't thought of it like that before. I would have just started from like, okay, you have a, the right to live. Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel right. like, but th those are embodied within that umbrella yes, of yes. what you're saying, right? So I get the creativity. that. Um, uh, I wouldn't have put it like that, but that's quite an interesting way to put it. I, I do actually like that. Um, yeah, I think those, but like, just to say again, what I've probably said before is those are the conversations to have. And those are the things to think about. If you want to think about morality, like, Think about those things. Think about the things that you think you deserve as a human being. Think about the things that that that's society. Super, that, that's super. That's super thing. Like you deserve as a human being. Like what? I feel like I deserve it. I deserve it. I deserve a brand new car. That, no, let's not be. Let's okay, let's okay. be intellectual about this. Okay, okay, okay. I'm I'm not talking about things. Okay. I'm talking about rights. Okay. Like, and if you if you're gonna sit there and be like. Not you. If you as a person thinking about things are going to sit there and be like, well, you know, like I have the right to be better than everyone else. Like, great. Well done. You know, are you, but you haven't done any thinking. Yeah, yeah. Go back and think again. You know, like, yeah, yeah. because you haven't applied. There's it definitely, there's definitely intrinsic value in actual thought. And this is where Kant 
and some mathematics comes in and helps. <laughs> like, can, you, can you universally apply this type of thing? Yeah. Obviously. Which but, we've just proven. But, but, but the point come. is, like, if um, monarchs, yeah. like yeah. they have this fundamental right to rule. Yeah. Like that doesn't, it's very specific. You have this fundamental right to rule over other people. Why? Well, it's God given. You know, so like, that's what, yeah. and that's Which the reason we need to think about these things yeah. because stuff like that is, it has come up in a serious sense. Like humans do think like that, you know? I still think the right to create was very much the nail on the head. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah. We'll stick with that. Okay. Okay. I think, we, I think we're looping back now and we've definitely gone over an hour. Gee whiz. Yeah, it could be like a couple of hours actually. No, I think it's like an hour, 10 maybe. You're hectic. Yeah. Hour. Wow. Okay. Excellent. Well, that's, um, that's going to wrap up our chat on, or, or wrap up the first section of our first chat about on ethics and morality, and, morality and good and evil. And this, I think was probably one of the best ones ever we've ever done. I think it was very good, very well structured, super productive, super productive. Um, let us know what you think. Let us know whether you yeah. got through all of it. Um, best of luck if you did. No, well done. <laughs> yeah, if you made it through the whole podcast to this point, uh, I commend you. I highly commend you. Um, I'm impressed. I don't know if I'll make it through. No. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, until next time, uh, have a good day, week, year, life. That's my outro.